Welcome to the first episode of Divorce Reimagined, a podcast dedicated to parents navigating the challenges of divorce and separation. My name is Steffi B. And I'm Jacob. And we're your hosts for Divorce Reimagined, brought to you by Live Empowering Love. Divorce is a really emotional time for everyone involved. I mean, it changes you forever as a person. It can change us emotionally, psychologically, sometimes even spiritually and physically. And it's one of those decisions that it doesn't only affect you in the moment, but it affects you for the rest of your life. Eventually, after the divorce trauma settles, you're left with these waves of divorce. So first, there's that really big blow where you're navigating how you're going to get into this next chapter of your life. And then once you move past that, then you're going to have those days where you're going to have your good days, you're going to have your bad days. There's no way to really escape them. It's one of those journeys that we're walking with both a path of challenges and a path of growth and self-development, if you let it. It's basically redefining our roles as we take on this huge responsibility of, of building a new life while maintaining the well-being of our children. So just a little bit of background on who we are. Jay and I were actually married in 2011, and we divorced in 2016. We have two beautiful children together, and we maintain a very supportive co-parenting relationship. Spend birthdays together, holidays together. Sometimes we even go out for dinner together. We'll have the occasional beach day together. If there's any special outing that we know is going to be an experience for the children, we'll usually invite the other person along so that the other parent can share that experience with the kids as well. And sometimes even we just meet for the occasional coffee just to chat it up a bit. And we try to do that so that we can try to keep the family as tight-knit as possible and give our children that sense of togetherness as we live under separate roofs. So over time, as we formulated this relationship, there were many comments that were made to us asking how is it that you guys can spend so much time together without killing each other, without arguing, without fighting? Our answer is always really simple. It's all about the kids. I mean, we put the kids first. I mean, we've kind of come to terms with where things are at between us. You know, we have this mutual common love for our children and it's really all about making the kids happy, right? And doing what's best for them. And the more time passed, we started realizing that there were even more people that were getting divorced that we knew. And they were facing the same challenges that we were faced, that we faced, but there was a difference in the way, I guess, how we handled the divorce. And we were told, you know, you guys are an anomaly and that there's a lot of divorces that don't end up the way yours did. So this is what triggered my next move. So for myself, I've always had a passion for personal development and growth and creativity. I had gone ahead and I got my life coaching certification and I wanted to specialize in empowering single parents and co-parents to gain control of their lives and to switch lenses to understand that they really do have that opportunity to use divorce as an opportunity for a second chance at happiness. So one day I was speaking with Jay and I had actually just started another podcast. It's called The Book of Stan. And we thought it would be a great idea for us to start a new podcast together to discuss the opportunities and the challenges that we face as co-parents. What our goal is with the podcast is to basically create a community of single parents and co-parents that act both as a support system, but also as a resource group, which touches on a variety of subject matters that affect us in our daily lives. So this could be the emotional aspect of things, parenting, creative activities, finances, side hustles, dating, all of these things. These are topics that we hope to address with the podcast and hope to accumulate resources so that we can, you know, put them up on the website so that there's always things to refer to if you have questions. So 
you know, when it comes to the actual stigma of divorce, there is a really big stigma about it. Whenever you think about it, you think of a lot of arguing. You think of a lot of lawyers and fighting and custody battles and payments. But it doesn't have to be like that. Sometimes it's really just coming up to an understanding that things are over and there's still a whole life to live after that. There are kids involved and there's going to be lots of situations where they're going to require both parents to be there. And it's always great to have both parents in their lives. So why not, as opposed to trying to think of divorce as a negative thing, try to use it as an opportunity to grow and to maybe recreate a new dynamic between the two of you where the parents can get along and provide that togetherness to the kids as they live separately. The other thing too that we're hoping to address as well, seeing it from two different perspectives. I mean, he was the husband in the relationship. I was the wife. And so we both had our own perspectives on it. There were different challenges that we both faced. We're going to hopefully be able to see the commonalities and the things that we worried about based on who we are, where we were in our lives, what was going on, and how it is that we address those challenges and those needs while trying to maintain that healthy co-parenting relationship. So Jay, what do you think? Well, I'll just go back to, I just wanted to go back to the stigma of divorce and discuss that. I mean, I think, you know, that's one of the things that really affected me when we first got divorced. It was just so hard to explain to people and really make them understand that this is what we really want. And because of the stigma that's attached to divorce, it's embarrassing, right? It's very emotional, you know, even for the kids, them talking to the friends and having to explain to their friends that, oh, I'm at daddy's house or, oh, I'm at mommy's house. It, mm-hmm. Whenever I hear my kids talking to their friends about that kind of stuff, I, the stigma kicks in, right? Yes. And it's like this disgusting feeling inside where I feel like I have to put my kids through extra pressure to try to explain to their friends why they have two houses, right? And that's what really hurt me the most. I mean, the stigma attached to divorce, you know, with other adults, I know a lot of people who are divorced. So it wasn't like a huge, it didn't really affect me in a huge way. I mean, it was emotional and it's hard to explain to people, you know, because we did have a great facade that we didn't have any problems in our relationship and everything was hunky-dory when underneath the hood we had a lot of issues yeah like everybody was shocked after we were getting divorced they were like what yeah totally so it was very difficult to explain to people what happened how how do we get to this point you know and again there's always that stigma that's attached to it where it's kind of embarrassing to tell people that you're divorced even though it is very common in 2023 that people get divorced there's still this lingering stigma that's attached to it it's very difficult to deal with I had a six month contract position and I didn't even disclose the fact that I was divorced because of the stigma attached to it. It's just difficult. It's a personal thing. I don't necessarily like to share. Now, if somebody asked me if I was married, I would, I would for sure say, no, I'm divorced. But you know, when nobody really asks those kind of questions and you just pretend, yeah, Steph is taking the kids swimming with her parents this weekend. It's really exciting. Or we're going to the beach this weekend. And nobody really realized I was a divorced man because I didn't yeah stigma that's attached to that and you know people to kind of prejudge me because it was a contract job and uh, I was doing consulting so I I just didn't want people to attach that negative stigma to me so I mean again the stigma really affects us in a lot of ways and it's pretty sad that we can't just be honest and kind of open up to the world and say hey I'm divorced without receiving some kind of like oh what happened 
How did it happen? Whose fault was it? And I think it also has to deal with the fact as well that the type of families that we come from too are pretty traditional. Divorce is kind of taboo and it's seen as something really, really terrible. It kind of almost feels like the world is ending when you tell people, right? I totally understand that for sure. I got that. Like it is a really, really heavy topic. And a lot of the time people think that it just ends at just that situation. But it's one of those decisions that you make that alters your life forever, you know, and it's not like one of those simple breakups where you could just kind of walk away. You have to find a way to work together, right? Especially if you want to have both parents involved in their lives, right? And that's one of the things I, I really want to restate to the listeners. You know, like I want to take the stigma out of divorce. And when people hear, oh, I got divorced, they always go to the worst case scenario. Oh, there was mental abuse. There was you know physical abuse or stuff like that. Or cheating. Today, or... Yeah, exactly. Infidelity. Mm-hmm. But today, I think a lot of divorces are just people fall out of love or grow in two separate ways, right? Or the goals change, right? what they want out of life changes, stuff like that. And I know they're simple things, but usually when somebody hears divorce, they always think of the worst case scenario, which is a big part of it, which is why I'm afraid to tell people sometimes, you know, that I'm divorced. I mean, obviously if the person needs to know it, then I'll bring that information forward. But I don't just say, Hey, my name is Jay. I'm divorced. You know, it's not a badge I wear on my arm proudly. Yeah, it's like one of those things, like every time you're asked about why it was that you got divorced, it's almost like every time you have to answer that question, it almost feels like you're reliving it for that moment. And I already went through this once and every single time that they've asked me, why did you guys get divorced? It's like, I have to rehash it again. I'd rather just not and just focus kind of like of where we are at at this point, you know, talk to me about how it is that we're able to be in the same room and like, you know, be cool with each other and talk to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just really establishing a new dynamic, essentially. I mean, we have two kids and it's just people always want to know like the gossip. I mean, after five years, six years of being divorced, it's not something that, you know, I have a script ready. Right. But I still don't like telling the script. You know, Of course. Um, Absolutely. Even though we don't have any bad blood between us and, you know, people see us together all the time and they're like, oh, I didn't even know you guys were divorced. Yeah. I get that a lot. But again, it's one of those things where it's personal and sometimes it's hard to retell the story, even though I've told it a hundred times. Yeah, totally. I hear that. A hundred percent. The stigma thing, man. I just I, like, I wish, you know, the world just looked at divorced people differently. Yeah, for sure. It's really difficult because I mean, after divorce, it's almost like going up to a woman and ask her like, why don't you have kids yet? It's just, it's one of those questions that it's like, don't ask, (laughs) you know, it's like, you don't know what the deal is there. You know what I mean? It's like, just don't ask. You don't know the reason why they got a divorce. It could be really personal. It could be something really bad. It could be something that hurt a lot of people. It's impactful. There's still pain there. There's a lot of stress. You know, there is a lot of things, right? And at the same time, it's not only situational. Now it's like, okay, so now we've got the divorce. And now we have to start rebuilding our lives. And while we're rebuilding our lives, we have to answer these questions, which doesn't help with trying to find serenity after divorce, right? So it's just understanding like, oh, you're divorced? Okay, cool. And just understanding that the rest of it really isn't their business. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. 
you know, you know, just sure. come in and out of your life and they have a right to know. They, they want to understand why, you, how you're in this situation. You tell them, but the, the randos that, you know, the person that you haven't seen in 20 years, all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know, I, I heard that you got divorced. What happened? I'm like, I haven't seen you in 20 years. And all of a sudden the second question you ask me is why I got divorced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. like, you know, it is what it is, but you know, people are strange that way, but yeah, for sure. And it's kind of hard sometimes too, just because like a lot of the time, especially when you're hearing stories about divorce too, I, I almost feel that like sometimes when people are going through a divorce, that they know that you're divorced, they feel a little bit more comfortable talking to you about like what it is that they're going through. Yes. But, you know, for us, it's kind of like, I don't know, when we split, I think we've also did it extremely amicably we just kind of did all right 50 50 50 50 50 50 done and there was no paperwork our separation agreement was what it was like a 20 dollar template that we downloaded off the internet and we signed it (laughs) i think that's what we did you know and it was just the headache understanding that money is finite right especially when you're splitting up money is already hard when you're married and then now you have to do it on one income but then now you have these you know going through lawyers and paying thousands of dollars that could just go to your children it just didn't make any sense but there's a lot of people that do take that avenue you know it becomes ugly and it's really hard Mm -hmm. i mean it's really sensitive you know there's like the sensitivity around divorce that sometimes i just feel it's missing just understand that it's personal You know what I mean? And if I bring it up, I can talk to you. But if I don't bring it up, you can't ask me questions about it. Exactly. And the whole thing with lawyers and, you know, the fighting, the custody battles, payments, you know, a lot of people, I've talked to some people about this kind of stuff and they're like, well, you know, I live a very complicated life and we have a lot of complicated investments. We have a house, we have this, you know, we had all that, right? Mm -hmm. But we still knew it wasn't like we were renting and it was really simple and just walk away, you know, ultimately like. Yes, everybody's life is complicated. Everybody's finances are entangled, intertwined, mixed up. But again, at the end of the day, you need to look at what's best for your mental health and the mental health of your children, right? Yes, exactly. You have to split a house. You have to split the cars. You have to split the investments. You have to split all this stuff up. Yeah, sometimes you got to think, well, I'm going to go to a lawyer to protect myself. But, you know, not including the cost, but also the, you know, lawyer's tell you to do some weird stuff sometimes they'll be like make sure all your conversations are documented make sure you write down everything he says or she says make sure that you know when you're in a room alone and you're having a conversation make sure that there's a witness you know just to protect yourself so again you're putting all these hurdles before you have like a smooth breakup or a split up or a divorce you know you're putting in all these weird rules around it and making it uncomfortable. The thing is, is like as soon as it moves to lawyers, it doesn't become about the family unit anymore and the people involved. It becomes about money, right? And it's like, you know, there is a shift in focus. So right now we're breaking up a family and we're breaking up a home. But then you go to lawyers and all of that, that is really the pain point of the whole scenario the focus is now taken off of what's truly important. And I guess the money and all of that stuff, I understand it. We all need it to live. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's got to be this fairness. You know, at some point, you cared about your partner, whether it was for five minutes or 10 years or 30 years. I mean, you cared about your partner at some point and you want what's in the best interest for them, for the kids, all of it. Personally, thinking about lawyers stresses me out and gives me gray hair. They go for the jugular. 
the lawyers, it feels like, you know, it's like whatever they can get, like the maximum they'll go for, right? And so there's never a win-win. There's always somebody that loses. And then the changing of all that with that shift of, you know, now we're taking the focus off of the family unit. It's now being put onto the lawyers now and the money. There's emotional scarring that happens. And sometimes what makes divorce worse is not what happened in the marriage, but how it's dealt with afterwards. You know what I mean? In the marriage, it's only the two people that are affected. Once you take it out of the marriage and you're dealing with the divorce, you're hurting a lot more people around you. There's a lot of people that are being affected by it, right? Because now also, how is it that we should be speaking to this person? Things can get really, really messy, but it's all about the approach, right? It's all about the approach. Like, what is the intention, right? Be fair. At the end of the day, part of the thing when it comes to divorce is understanding that life is going to change. You're not going to have the same life that you did when you were married. There were two incomes coming into the house. There was more money. There was more support. Your life inevitably is going to change. You're going to have to work harder. You have one income coming into the house now. And as a single parent or a co-parent, you're going to have to do your damn hardest to be able to bring in the equivalent of what two people can bring in, right? You're going to have to try. And, you know, inevitably it's going to change, but we just have to get comfortable with the fact that if we make this decision to get a divorce, we need to understand that life is inevitably going to get harder and no amount of lawyers, no amount of money giving is going to make it better. It's not. I mean, it's going to be hard regardless. Where I think it matters, I think one of the things that I truly appreciate about our relationship is our flexibility and the support that we give each other. Like sometimes, like if let's say, for example, like when I had to go away on those business trips or whatever, you know, it was like I would call you like, hey, I'm going to go away for the weekend. You know, I have the kids on this day and this date. You mind taking them and then we'll just kind of even it out. They're like, yeah, no problem. If you decide that you want to go away that you have to go away for a weekend for a business trip or personal, whatever, I'd be more than happy to take the kids. And we're really, really flexible on that. But I think it's also like the reason why we're so flexible and supportive is because we didn't really go about that nastiness afterwards, right? We really tried to do our best to make it as fair as possible. Right. And back to the point where you were talking about, you know, lawyers always telling you to go for the jugular, you know, it's it's true. They'll always tell you like, you know, they're not going to look at the family unit and say, hey, you know, for your kids and for your husband's mental health, maybe you shouldn't try to take everything. You know, they'll tell you like, go for maximum payments, go for maximum, you know, custody, go for maximum ownership, take as much money as you can. Right. They're not going to say like, you know, let's think about this in a fair manner. They're going to be trying to push the limits. Right. Right. Always going to recommend limits. They're not going to tell you. Well, legally, you know, you're you're eligible to get, you know, $500 a month in child support payments, even though you're splitting the kids 50-50. They'll tell you, yeah, legally, you're allowed to get 500 but we're going to push for 800 Yeah, I mean, you know, for sure, like because for them, the more money they get, the more they get paid, right? They don't care about your relationship after the divorce. They just want to try to get you as much as possible. And again, you know, you walk away from these situations, you're, you're jaded, right? You're like, oh, my God. Absolutely. I was in love with for 10 years. And this is what he's doing to destroy my life or she's doing to destroy my life. It's just, it's very difficult to have a healthy relationship after talking to a lawyer who tells you to go for the jugular, which a lot of them do. I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, for me, the less lawyers, the better. Like, I just think that there's so many other things that are important and I get it. Like I said, the money thing, that's the reason why people go for lawyers. I want payments. I want this. I want that. I need support, you know, and I think every situation is definitely different. 
But where it can be avoided, avoided for me anyway, that's just the way how I work. There's no scars after that, right? The focus always remains on the kid. The reality is, is like when you get a divorce, you know, it's a failure essentially, right? Like your marriage didn't end up working out. Now it doesn't have to be perceived as a failure as you're moving forward and you're going to try to rebuild yourself after this and, and all of that stuff. But essentially that's what it is. It was, you know, you went in there, you had the intention of making it work for a lifetime. It didn't work out. And now you have two kids, but these kids never asked to be here. They never asked to be here. You know, so for us, I think, you know, as parents, like doing justice to them is showing up for them. They want both parents to be there. And, you know, and the best way to do that is to try to alleviate as much bad blood as possible. And I get it. Again, at the beginning, it's hard when, when you're adjusting to the new life, when you're dealing with the emotions, when you're going through all this. I get it. But you've got to think bigger than you. In the moment, even though it can be really hard, you've got to think bigger than you. You've got to look at those kids that never asked to be here that you decided to bring into this world. I say, I'm going to do this for you. You know, we couldn't make it under one roof. But at the same time, what we are going to do is make sure that we still are a family, right? Because every kid's dream is to have their parents together, right? So, you know, give them that as much as possible, where possible, and just make it work within a new dynamic, right? I think that the less lawyers for that to work is better. Ultimately, that's the goal. That should be every parent's goal, right? Sometimes, you know, when you're going through a divorce, it's a very emotional time. And, you know, talking to some parents who were divorced, there's a lot of vitriol and hatred and all these emotions that you're going through, you know, and sometimes you do want to hurt your partner, but then you realize like, you know, you're hurting the father of your children. You're hurting the mother. And, you know, these children look up to you like you're gods, right? Exactly. It's so sad. Ultimately, you know, when you're happy, I know my kids are happy, right? And so, likewise. So important to me like, when we talk about the impact that has on our kids, right? Absolutely. I know keeping you happy and it'll keep me myself happy will ultimately make me a better father exactly. and, and make my children happier, period. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So to me, you know, day one of the divorce, it was hard, obviously. But I mean, ultimately, all I thought about was keeping the kids happy, right? And keeping mm -hmm. happy and making sure that we have a strong relationship to compensate for, you know, the stigma that our children will have to suffer for the rest of their life. Yeah, for sure. But I think that we do a pretty good job. There are people out there that have told me that you and I should write a book about how to be good co-parents to children after divorce. And it's not to toot our own horn and everything. And we're two regular people, you know, we're experienced in divorce and stuff like that. At the end of the day, we're two regular people that figured it out on our own and whatever we do works, right? And it's not perfect. It'll never be perfect. What we did was we figured out a method that works for us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's day by day. It's constant work, you know, like you've got to be able to pick and choose your battles your compromising skills, your negotiating skills, your healthy boundaries, all of that stuff. Sure. That's essentially what it is that it takes. And it's not perfect, but I think it could have been a lot worse. I remember I used to work at this company and it was a medical company and there was a child that needed to get the medical device that I was selling at the time. Right. And there was a copay after it was about $600 left that needed to be paid. The rest of it was being covered by government and all that. Mm -hmm. So when I called the mother, she said, I don't deal with the medical payments. It's the father. I'm like, okay. And I said, do you want to call the father? He goes, no, him and I, we only speak through mail. 
they couldn't, no, no conversation over the phone. They could only speak through written letters. And she gave me the phone number and she said, but if the girlfriend answers and she knows that it's for, you know, my child, she's going to hang up the phone on you. So I called. So I said, okay, I needed to get the payment anyway. I called the girlfriend answered. Is this for so-and-so? And I was like, yeah, she literally just hung up on me. And I felt so sad. I was like, this is the dynamic that you want this child to grow up in. You know what I mean? She had a medical condition that needed to be treated. And the parents can't even get on the phone to discuss how the medical device is going to be paid. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if I ever get divorced, like let that never be the case with me. I always want to be able to just pick up the phone deal with things amicably, like big expenses, split them 50-50, and that's it, and keep going, and and whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, but again, it's, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, mentally, you have to make a commitment to try to make these things work. I don't think it's natural in the sense that because there's so much emotions involved and hatred and, you know, disgust sometimes and just disrespect, Shame. you know, with divorce that, you know, people don't take the effort to try to make it work, right? And for us, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, I want to keep this civil. I need this relationship to work for my children, yeah, right? For sure. It's one of these things where every situation comes up, this idea is in the back of my head all the time, right? Of course. Anytime. I remember even when we had to discuss braces when going to the orthodontist, you and I were not on the same page on that. We were not. But I think we argued over that. And then we took a breather and we said, you know what? No, we're going to take a breather. And then we revisited a little bit later or whatever, a couple of days later. But we said, okay, that wasn't how we wanted to go. Like, you know, you had said, I want to be able to make a few calls. And I thought, okay, perfect. You had done that. We came up with a compromise on how to deal with that. And we made sure that wherever we were going to go, we were both going to be happy about it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's both of our children. And we both have a 50-50 say in them, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, like those kind of decisions, I think over time, you know, in the beginning, it was more difficult than it is today. But I think we've learned over time, you know, the boundaries of each other. And, uh, you know, there's always going to be t certain topics that are just off limits, right? And, you know, but everything else is really open and we discuss and we figure out solutions logically. Yeah, exactly. And we explain, like, you know, I explain my situations to you, right? I'm saying, you know, like, you know, this is not a good time. We need to think about this. We need to get a second opinion or even a third opinion, right? And 100%. You know, that's just the way, you know, I am, right? Well, I like the third opinion. You know, for you, maybe two opinions is good, but, you know, sometimes I like to push the limit just to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Absolutely. Right? It comes back to we're two different people with two different personalities. Ultimately, that's what every relationship is. Two different people, two different personalities, two different life experiences, two different pers perspectives, right? So of course, where do you find the middle ground? And, you know, that's one of the things I want to address in this podcast, right? setting boundaries, understanding that two different personalities, two different experiences in life, two different perspectives, uh, maybe even of different yeah. beliefs, right? And how do we find the middle ground? How do we find the best solution for the children and for ourselves, right? Yep. A hundred percent. I think it boils down to so many things. I think one of the things that we've learned is like we said, healthy boundaries. I think we've kind of learned over time. I mean, we never really did this anyways. Our conversations are mainly about the kids and about life and things that affect us, but we never really ask each other about our personal lives or anything. Like, where are you going? What are you doing? Who are you with? We don't really cross that boundary at all. Like ever. You ask me any questions and the only time that it really comes up is if I have to switch it up for whatever reason and I have to tell you where I am and all that. 
But aside from that, we never really ask each other anything about our personal lives because I think learn like that's off limits, right? Yeah. I think that also that leads to us being able to support one another. And I think that also helps a lot with our communication because I think that when we don't ask each other about our personal lives, we're not making any of the conversation personal, which means that the less personalized the conversation is, the less emotion you can attach to it, which means the more logic you're going to approach the situation with. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So I think that really, really helps a lot for sure in our relationship. Yeah, that's one of the things I constantly have to remind myself. It's just like anything else. What would the best version of myself do in this scenario? And that's what I do, right? You know, when situations arise, you're always thinking like, oh, you know, I can't believe that she's going away for a week. Now I have to deal with all this stuff when I have to work and I have to do all this other stuff and juggle the kids going to take him to summer school, doing this and that. But then at the end of the day, you just got to say, you know what, like, you know, it is, it is and I got to deal with it. Right. And ultimately, again, it's keeping the kids at the forefront. Right. Understanding that, you know, we have separate lives and sometimes we need to take a break or something's happening in our life and we need a couple of days here and there right? Understanding each other, right? Understanding what you're going through and understanding what I'm going through in different parts of our life, right? If you're going through an emotional time, like you lost your job or you're going through an emotional time because you had a bad relationship or something happened with your parents or, you know, your father passed away, which happened to me, right? You understood that that was a very emotional time in my life. And I sometimes needed a couple of days off, right? And you had no problem stepping in, you know, to uh, take your time. I'll take the kids. You don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about that. And those moments really make you appreciate how amazing, like reimagined version of divorce could be, right? Where, you know, they're not your partner essentially, but they are, right? Yeah. So like when my father passed away, that was a very difficult time in my life. Mm -hmm. And you stepped right up, you know, you're like, I'm going to take care of the kids. I'm going to do everything. You don't need to worry about that, right? Do your thing, right? And I think in this kind of partnership, like divorce couples, they need to understand each other emotionally. So if the par if yes. partner is going through something, I'm sorry, but you got to step up. Like I would do the exactly the same thing for you. And you've got yeah, and you have you have that's a thing i've stepped up for you but you've also stepped up for me so many times i remember when i had that job and i was traveling oh mm -hmm. my god i was traveling like once a month for a couple of days and then also once every three months for a week and then additional meetings and all that it was a lot and it was it was too much which is why i left but <laughs> still at the end of the day like every time you stepped up and you know, and it was a big infringement on you, but you were super cool about it. And I guess like it's a give and take, right? Yeah. I don't even consider it really like a give and take. It's reciprocating the respect, right? If yeah. we both give this relationship the respect that it needs and deserves, you know, you're going to get it back. And I think, exactly. you know, it's just that mutual exchange, right? And that's the biggest thing for me. You know, the benefit having a good relationship with your ex-partner is amazing because again, you get those kind of benefits where, you know, if you're going through a moment in your life, you have such a strong relationship that your partner will step right up and help you out and understand you. Now, if me and you didn't have a good relationship, that month that I was like completely depressed after losing my father, it would have been a very difficult time for me and my children, right? But you stepped up and you were there to support me and support my children when I was distant, you know, because it was, again, it was very, you know, I'm shocked. It happened really quickly, as you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was amazing. And that's one of the things I tell a lot of people who are divorced. I'm like, just having these kind of benefits where you work as a partnership to take care of your children is so amazing that, you know, yeah. everything else that you suffer through and, you know, like sometimes you keep your mouth shut and you deal with your partner in certain scenarios where they're like, okay, you know what? This is not a war I want to fight. 
right? So you just say you win, you're right. And it's hard sometimes, but in the long run, the benefits outweigh the small losses. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's almost like it kind of switches from a family dynamic, like between the two parents into almost like a business partnership in a way, right? To your point about being a partnership, that's exactly what it is, right? I mean, if you go and you're going to open up a business with somebody, right? And now the responsibility has to be divided amongst two people. But, you know, there's like respect that you have to maintain with the partner, right? Because then otherwise the deal goes sour. There's emotional support that comes with it. The friendship. Yes. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I know for me, every time whenever I have something, like if I need a guy's perspective, I'll give you a call and I'll ask you. And because you're an IT and computer guru, like I'll never buy a computer without passing by the model without (laughs) buying it again, ever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just like anything else. You, You work on this relationship and you make it what it is. Exactly. You do your best. And as long as the intention is to make it work and to put the kids first, I mean, you should be able to make it work as long as you take yourself out of it. But I think part of that is coming to terms with the fact that now the dynamic has to change. There is no going back. And if there is a chance of going back, then, you know, maybe you need to take a look at if you should really be split, right? So I think there's a lot of things. Those are topics for another day, which I'm sure we'll be addressing for sure. The emotional side of divorce, which is, probably a whole entire season but yeah yeah all right well i think it's time to wrap up this first episode of divorce reimagined i think it was a great first episode jay thank you so much and i look forward to what is to come i totally loved it if people want to reach out to you where would they find your contact if you guys have any questions just feel free to reach out to me by email Steffi B at liveempowerandlove.com. You can also visit my website at www.liveempowerandlove.com. Yeah. And if you have any other episode ideas or give feedback on how we feel about certain topics and issues and how to deal with situations in your relationship, you can send me an email at jacobs at divorcereimagined.ca. And we are looking to produce an episode once a week. We'll probably be uploading every Tuesday. So look for our next episode. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks, guys. Steffi B and Jay signing off. Bye. Bye.